It is week 11. This is the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is the one that you have to listen to every week because it's it's George and Eric. And um, we're, uh, we're excited. This is a good slate. There's a lot of fun games. Um, there's some cool props. Uh, I will remind you, of course, if you're listening to this in the morning, we've got our live show coming at you at 11.30 on the PFF YouTube channel, so check that out. We'll obviously have some updated stuff uh, in terms of props and lines. But um, Eric, I assume that every time I talk to you on Saturday night, you are covered in sweat watching some random SEC game, uh, and you have like the second half under, and the team... You know, we just lost the under there. in Cincinnati, UCF. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and and it was it was kind of garbage, but it'll happen. Um, I did get some Pittsburgh, which is nice. They're up by 33 in the fourth quarter. I got them. They were like plus six and like plus 200 on the money line. So, wow. I mean, you can't complain. I think this is going to be the first week that College Green Line is down other than like week four all year. Wow. Um, so, uh, we don't have a ton of picks this week. I think only 20 compared to normal. Um, and we got kind of bad um, variants in Southern Miss. Um, that Wisconsin game died out, and we had the over in that one. There was supposed to be like 14 points the first two minutes, and one of the touchdowns got called back. Um, so, uh, yeah, it happens. That means we'll have a great NFL week, right? Well, I was going to say, if you have struggled in college, the best way to get back on the horse is with NFL props, player props. So welcome. Um, Let's start with that. Let's do a few here. Obviously, more come out tomorrow morning. So you'll want to check out the uh, props tool on uh, PFF.com. And then we'll go over our favorites uh, on the live show as well. Let me um, let me interest you in a little QB rushing yards prop because that's nothing. There's nothing else that I do on Saturdays besides hunt for those. And I don't know if you saw. Did you see Joe Burrow's um, outfit rolling into uh, Washington? They landed and they they showed some photos. Dude, their only person who rolls deeper into Washington with better clothing is you when you go visit Sam. (laughs) This look, and even I, even I do not have the you know the type of swagger that he rolled in with today which was a SpongeBob SquarePants pocket square. So, if you can rush into Washington looking like that, you can rush for more than nine and a half yards and that is where his uh, line is at, minus 110. Um, Washington defense surprisingly not as intimidating as the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So, I think you well, just somebody, somebody was pondering whether Chase Young was a bust today on Twitter in the wild. Oh, good. There was that take. Can you, do you think there's a take on Twitter that you couldn't find? Uh, No, I think all takes are had. Um, That's, that is actually, I really want to find the least had take. um, Kirk Cousins is cool. (laughs) Is that the least? No, there is a large swath of Minnesotans that think Kirk Cousins is cool without a doubt. You can even find people that think Patrick Reed isn't a piece of shit. Really? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, if you're out there, go find it. Give me a prop that you like. Oh, man. Okay. Um, Well, here are a couple that I gave uh, our colleague, Benjamin Brown. Hopefully he uses, hopefully they make it to the, to the finish line here. (laughs) Um, I like Kalen Bellage under 53 and a half rushing yards. Here's the reason he sucks. Like, That's rude. I, like, he, That's cool. Kalen Bellage has what did multiple. What re- you? Kalen Bellage is like multiple revenge games a year because all these teams gave up on him. 
because he stinks. And he has a revenge game here at the Jets. And you know that Greg with two Gs, Williams, is going to like be like, <laughs> you cut off Bellage's kneecaps. And like, and they'll probably lose by thirty, but they'll stop Bellage. <laughs> oh man, um, Kalen Bellage. Fifty-three and a half. Yeah, Kalen Bellage's receptions uh, number is three and a half. I'll probably bet the under there as well. Um, but let me let it be said that I don't think Kalen Bellage stinks. I think he's just a running back. Mm-hmm, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can I, I can worth, get on board with that a little bit. That's worth mentioning. Uh, you said you had two, right? Um, yeah, my second one, this is going to be, I think, because of the, uh, you know, the, the, some of the buyback from last week, Alex Smith under 270 and a half passing yards. I mean, come on. Yeah. This Alex Smith. Like, what are we doing here? 390 last week. Yeah. What are we doing here with, with, uh, uh, the passing yards? I I think the game might go over, but it's not going to be the same game script as last week. I can't see Cincinnati getting out to like a 40 point lead. And then Alex Smith dumping it off, uh, you know, to J- J.D. McKissick over and over and over again. I'm going to give you one more um, before we, we move on to the sides. And this is um, this is an interesting one. So I actually have two, and I'm curious your take on both of these. Because they both feel awful, but I think there's some good reasoning here. The first one is the least offensive one, and that is Robert Tunyon three receptions and taking the under there at minus 120 rationale being that the indianapolis colts while their defense is overrated because all the good defenses are overrated to a certain extent darius leonard is very good and i don't understand why he's getting so much love robert tunyon is so i think under three we show value on it on the props tool i like that and then the one that's more offensive is Aaron Rodgers under one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 145. This game is probably going to be lower scoring than people would anticipate. Um, the Indianapolis Colts are going to methodically move the ball down the field because the Green Bay Packers defense isn't that great. And um, the Green Bay Packers love nothing more than to get all three of their running backs touchdowns. So I think it's a sneaky one where at that price, you know, he has one and then maybe they just get a couple of rushing touchdowns and that's the game. Our uh, friend Warren Sharp likes the over in this game. Um, He thinks that the Indianapolis defense is overrated. I can kind of see that a little bit, um, but I think the same arguments you can be, you can make about Indy's defense, you can make about Green Bay's offense. And so um, these, the, as, as the Bible would say, these two are probably equally yoked. Um, and so I kind of like those picks. Yeah, they, they make me feel sick inside. And that's why I'm passing them on to you, the uh, people who I love so dearly for listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be sick together. Let's uh, let's move that, on. That's, to that's also speaking of church. Um, yes. <laughs> seems, seems to be the, the, the current doctrine. Look, you can either be sick together in a church or sick together in, in spirit in front of your television with me uh, on a Sunday afternoon. I think there's an obvious winner in that situation. Let's start with Baltimore, Tennessee, because I had a good conversation with the guy I do the Super Contest with about this game. And in the Super Contest, it's six and a half. It's currently Baltimore by six. And I really like the Titans. 
and I like them despite the fact that they will probably still run the ball a little too much on early downs. But I am concerned about the Baltimore Ravens offense in large part because what they've always done, which is run two tight end sets, is not something they're going to be doing. Nick Boyle is out. And teams have sort of figured out how to stop that passing offense in early downs. If you haven't read Mike Renner's article on what's going on with their their offense, you need to go check it out on pff.com. But the Titans, they don't have a pass rush. Okay, fine. But at least they have some corners that can cover at six, six and a half. I like the Titans. I don't mind it. Um, the The Ravens are in sort of a prove it situation for me prove right now. Fine. Yeah, but and, so are the Titans, right? And but the problem is, is I think the Titans are 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 far more explosive team and could probably um, give them some some issues if they, uh, you know, I think I think the Ravens will press every advantage, but mm-hmm. I, I think if the Titans just press an advantage or two, this thing could stay close. Um, we saw them keep it close with Pittsburgh, a team that I think is probably at this I, point on par with Baltimore. Um, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a money line play right now. I think my favorite money line bet of the week is Tennessee plus two thirty. Do it, man. Let's go. I mean, I, I looking around here, I don't see. I mean, Dallas is an interesting one. The Rams at plus one seventy five. Atlanta plus one sixty five. Yes. Look, you got to bet against okay. Taysom. Every let's, let's talk about this game. Yeah, it's now three and a half. Taysom Hill is starting. I'm I'm a nervous wreck right now. Calm <laughs> my nerves. Uh, dude, Taysom. Okay, just uh, let me do something. I know. I know people look. I know people want to like treat him as though he's a real quarterback. I'm sorry. The last time the last time we saw Taysom Hill play play quarterback he had two seasons of 10 or more games at Brigham Young played there five years I get it you're more I, look everything's done longer when you're a Mormon I get it but in five years at Brigham Young he, he had two seasons as a starter in neither season did he complete more than 60% of his passes mm-hmm. or average more than seven yards sure. past him we're talking about the Mountain West folks mm-hmm. like this is not this isn't the NFL and granted I know the oh, Falcons suck but the Falcons kind of have the personnel to deal with this nonsense, right? Because they have Keanu Neal, they have Deion Stop. Jones, they Stop. have Jarrett, Grady Jarrett. Stop. The fact is, the Falcons don't have the defender. Like the, the Falcons' weaknesses on defense are not being exploited by Taysom Hill, a guy who, in his senior year at Brigham Young, had 12 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. He's garbage. Okay. I'm sorry. The, I don't care. Like this is this is purely to pay Jameis less because you have literally no money. And it and it's also to justify, like we know people make bad decisions to justify mm-hmm. other bad decisions. This is a this is to justify the bad decision. The only way that I'm nervous about this game is if Jameis plays. Okay. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Cause you made you your mistake was in the first sentence that you said. Where you said Taysom Hill is not a real quarterback. And that is exactly the fucking point, my friend. It is why I am terrified. Because let me tell you what is happening in the Atlanta coach's office or Zoom room right now. It's pandemonium. They are freaking out. They have no idea what to do. They don't know what to expect. They don't know if Jameis is going to throw passes. They don't know if Taysom's going to throw passes. They don't know if they're getting Alvin Kamara 
in the Wildcat 15 times tomorrow. They don't know if Taysom is going to be in the Wildcat, if Jameis Winston is going to be out wide. I listened to Chris Long this week, and he said that NFL coaches overreact to the stuff like you wouldn't believe. And if there's one team, one team in the NFL that is going to screw our lock of the week over by pooping themselves because Taysom Hill is playing quarterback, it will be the Atlanta Falcons. But what is secondarily? I'm not finished. You got a chance to go off. I am now going off. Secondarily, how dare you? How dare you insult Sean Payton's offensive wisdom? This guy is going to come out there with the weirdest game plan and win a game with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's coming on the field. He's throwing some passes, 1,000%. Taysom Hill might throw a pass to Jameis Winston. In fact, Andrew Siciliano called that on Friday. He said, that's going to happen. This is going to be the most hilarious loss in Atlanta Falcons history, and that is saying something. Okay. All right. I, look. There's nothing else we can say. If they lose, by, three, if they lose by four or less, I'm fine. Okay? <laughs> but here, my, my, my issue is, what's the tail risk here? There's none. Like, Taysom's well, not going to put up 30 on the Falcons. I'm sorry. He's garbage. There's nothing. Like, we try to find. It's like the Da Vinci. It's like the Da Vinci code or something like no. that. It's like, we got to find. Look, like, the, the, the charlatan selling the Bible, like, the, the, the Bible it. money code on, on you know, right-wing radio. It's like, there's, there isn't, like, this hidden thing there. It's just a sucky quarterback. It, like, there's nothing there's there's not a true meaning there's not a deeper meaning to Taysom Hill he's just a guy who's got like a worse arm than I do who like for some reason I don't know like does he have pictures of Peyton I don't know but like there's a reason somehow he's there and better <laughs> quarterbacks are not and it's it's absurd and like you know he obviously like he's not going to start over Breeze because like the, the long con has to be at least reasonable but he could like starting over Jameis is like the kind of exact thing where you'd be like, there's enough of like a grain of truth there, right? And like with Teddy, it was kind of like, well, his knees kind of like there's all these like little itty bitty things about the quarterbacks that he's passed over for Taysom. And in reality, like there's nothing deeper there. Taysom has pictures of Sean Payton, and that's why he's playing. And he stinks. It's uh, go Falcons. I cannot wait to put that on every single social channel that we have tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I would like to go to um, a game that hopefully will be a little less controversial. And that is the Rams and the Bucks. Ooh. And the reason I want to go here is because I have a question for you. I think there are two really big... Um, like warring mismatches here. The first is Aaron Donald against the interior of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line with Tom Brady as the quarterback. And that should be an absolute disaster. Ali Marpet probably not going to play. But on the other side, there's Andrew Whitworth, who has been an absolute anchor. Like even when the offensive line was a complete clusterfuck last year, he was still there. Now he's out. And we know this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense likes to get after the quarterback, bunch of blitzes. And Jared Goff is probably the last guy that you want handling those. Correct. Bucks, by, Bucks are favored by four. Am I an idiot to like even consider betting on the Rams? Because I kind of like it. 
No, but I do think like this is the team that matches up better with the Rams than most, right? Yeah. Because they they can pressure Goff and and you know like there are there are issues there. Um, but here's what I will say: it, be that as it may, yeah. Brady has just meltdown ability in him, right? Like the the Bears, right, are not that dissimilar from the Rams mm-hmm. in that their quarterback requires a lot. I mean, probably a lot more, but a lot of TLC in the pocket, right? And, you know, but their defense is similarly good too, right? And Brady has sort of folded like a lawn chair against good defenses. Um, the, the question, the hurt, the, the thing that's going to be tough is the Pierre Pauls and the Barretts and the mm-hmm. Sues against that offensive line, which I think is, especially without Whitworth, just really going to be in for it. And they're going to have to perform well. If you are looking for a way to have some fun, you can want to go to prizepicks.com because there you can parlay uh, between two and four different uh, bets, either an over or an under, on the total number of fantasy points that a player has. So it's basically, it's kind of like props, kind of like fantasy. It's kind of like betting because you're parlaying. If you get all four right, say you choose four and you get all four right, you get 10x, which you invest. So a lot of fun to be had there. We are going to put... Uh, ours together here and um, try and get you at least a set of four players that you can pick from and choose anywhere between two and four to parlay together. So um, I'll, I'll start here and I'll go with my first one, which is um, our friend Giovanni Bernard. Uh, he will not be dealing with Joe Mixon. He has a beautiful mustache. Um, he is lined at 15 fantasy points. Huge day for Gio Bernard, in large part because it will tilt the faces off of every Joe Dude. Mixon owner. And that's just what's going to happen. And, and that narrative is going to happen. And that is the most fun thing about fantasy football is watching fantasy people get upset about obscure things like J.D. McKissick and yes. Giovanni Bernard. Uh, yes. Okay. So that's my first one. Why don't you go next? Oh, uh, do we... Can I just... We'll pull? alternate. Okay. We'll alternate. Here's my first one. When Jim Nagy said that Jelani Tavai and Gerard Davis were the, the best you know, long, young linebacker core in the NFL, um, hmm. I have bet against that a number of times, and I'm going to do it again. Mike Davis, Carolina running back, over 15 and a half. I love it. Right? I absolutely. Love L- it. He's going to look, you know, 28 Jonathan Stewart lookalike, just run, rumbling around, catching balls out of the backfield, doing his thing. Scoring a touchdown or two, 15 and a half, over. I think it's beautiful. Um, okay, let me go. I'm looking I'm looking for an under here that I really like. And I'm struggling, I'm struggling. Where Where is one? Where is one? And then God's gift. God's beautiful gift. Todd Gurley. Oh, I, thought you, I thought you meant COVID. Uh, <laughs> Todd Gurley... Uh, is not very good at football anymore. His projection is about 13. And um, yeah, he needs a touchdown for that to happen. So you're basically betting that he doesn't get a touchdown. Yeah, there's no way he rushes for 130 yards. I'm sorry. No. I will um, I will put money on that. Okay. Another team that has garbage linebackers mm. is Philadelphia the Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> I guessed it. Nate Jerry was a safety at my Nebraska Cornhuskers. And he is now playing middle linebacker for this team. And they are dreadful. Give me Nick Chubb over 15. I love it. Those are our prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com. Choose your own. Choose ours. Use some of each. Whatever you want to do. Have fun. Prizepicks.com. 
The one thing that would give me some hope is the what I think is a pretty big mismatch on the coaching side with McVeigh versus Leftwich and Arians. Leftwich and Arians are not that they're not great in terms of scheming up passing, they just refuse to do it enough. And where you want Tom Brady to drop back on play action, you will get Leonard Fournette running into the center of the earth's crust far too often. And the Rams have adapted a little bit in the way that they are running their offense, which might help them handle some of the pressure a little bit better with some quicker, you know, developing plays. So I still think I would lean Rams there. It's an interesting one. It's a game that um, I didn't think I would bet on, but uh, I'm going to. Um, Okay, take me somewhere else. All right. This game. Hmm. Let this me, one. Let me talk you in a little bit here to the Jets plus nine. Oh, God. Okay? Look. The only game this year where the New York Jets have had Denzel Mims, Rashad mm-hmm. Perriman, and uh, Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco played pretty damn well. Mm. And... While I I think the, the Chargers are decent, for sure, are they the kind of team that you can... For one, don't look now, but but Herbert's like passer rating when under pressure has like been on the steady decline. Like mm-hmm. as, as foretold, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jets defense is okay. Like they've, they've actually like been relatively decent at times. Like they're not an absolute embarrassment. And... Like, again, the Chargers are the Chargers. And if they can't, you know, if, if for example, Bosa has to, goes down again or, you know, something of that ilk, like Kenneth, you know, all that kind of stuff, like they're a more fragile defense than we gave it credit for. This is a huge number, right? This is a huge number for a team that I think is better, obviously, than being two and seven, but probably not good enough to be laying more than a full touchdown against any NFL team, including the Jets. You done? You know what, oh, yeah, I mean that. You know why? You know why I hate hated hearing you say that that whole thing so much, and it really, I really hated it, is because I absolutely love the fucking Jets. This week. <laughs> I need someone to please explain to me, potentially with a multi-slide deck with many charts. How the fuck are the Chargers a nearly double-digit favorite? I know that the Jets are in their best interest to lose games. None of the Jets players or coaches, it's in their best interest to lose games. Because ain't none of them going to be there next year with Trevor Lawrence anyways. And do you think that do you think that um, their coach is going to do what it... Anthony Lynn's going to do what it takes to win by double digits? No! This is ridiculous. There, how, many, how many punts on fourth and one are going to happen in this game? A, a tremendous number. Yeah, and that benefits the team that's a nine and a half point underdog. I'd say this is just—it's—it's it's too many. It's too many. And I'll Herbert, also say Herbert's also like Herbert's Herbert's got, pass rating under pressure still nearly a hundred. Yeah, but it's come down from like one twenty in the first few weeks. Like we're seeing the regression a little bit. He was—he—he's he, only averaging seven point eight yards per temp, which is high, but it's not the eight and a half it was before and it's been trending downward and he has the same yards per attempt uh he has 0.1 less when under pressure 7.7 versus 7.8 like they're this this the the chargers are are weirdly as a team losing because of noise but as a quarterback herbert is benefiting because of noise so like yes 
Let me give you an interesting one. I'm curious your take here because we talk a lot about like the fluctuation of defense. You wrote a really great piece on the predictability of defense, which if people have not read, they should go read. I've read it twice actually. It was that interesting. And I was looking, I was talking about the Dolphins on the NFL Network hit on Friday that I do. And I was talking about how they use cover zero more than anyone else in the league, but they also actually get results from it, right? There's a difference between blitzing a ton and blitzing well when you do so. The Jets are the, I think the second or third um, in terms of amount that they use cover zero, all out blitzes, right? But their results are bottom five. (laughs) So the question that I have for you is like, do you trust any of those like, do you trust more the fact that Justin Herbert probably is going to regress in those situations more so than the fact that the Jets have given up big plays when they put quarterbacks in those situations? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, we all know that defense is a product of the offenses that you face. And so the offenses that the Jets have faced have made them pay when they've made mistakes, right? Like, one of the things that we're studying is coverage more deeply and whether or not we are capturing the right things. And, you know, there are tons of times when quarterbacks bail out defensive backs. And then there are tons of times where they throw a ball that no matter how good your coverage is, you'll lose, right? And I think, you know, the, they've been on the wrong end of that. And I think, you know, if you look for some regression, I mean, again, it's just, it's nine and a half, man. It's nine and a half in a league where... This a, league. This league, in a league where like, COVID is happening, right? Like, we don't know how many players are going to be out. We don't know, um, you know, the impact of those second order effects. Um, And, you know, the Jets are kind of like, we've already seen them bottom out. Like, how much worse can they get? But the Chargers can get a lot worse. And and I think um, even though, you know, this game will probably be close, like, and and it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you're betting the Jets plus nine and a half, you don't really care if the Chargers melt down at the end. Um, You just want it to be close. But like, they're you know privy to that. I mean, they lost. They effectively were handled last week by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback for the Dolphins, as a rookie, had them basically down by two scores. They they scored at the end. Now that you know to, to put it within one score to cover the teaser and all that. But like, they are not a good team. The Chargers are not good. And you know they got they got backdoored by Drew Locke not only for a cover but for a win. Um, you know they just. I don't know if, like. Part of, you know the the other half is okay. Well, then maybe maybe in a game like this, which which will be you know a big spread, they'll relax a little bit and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think that that's true. I think I think they'll see this game as a game to get right, uh, especially Anthony Lynn, who I think is not on the cusp of being fired because he got a contract extension, but probably wants to rack up some wins. So he'll he'll view this game as a game that'll get them right on the right track, kind of breathe a sigh of relief. And I think that's exactly the type of team that the Jets will beat when they eventually win a game. I love it. Okay, uh, here's one that I think is counterintuitive for people. That is the New England Patriots in a game going over. Patriots Texans total at forty nine. The spread is Texans uh, plus two. Now here's my rationale. The Patriots have not scored a ton of points of late. They've been playing in, in last week on Sunday night in really shitty weather. That said, Cam Newton has looked a t- way better throwing the ball. Jacoby Myers is actually making plays. Demir Bird is making some plays. And here's the key. The Houston Texans offense is what you like to call a slump Slump buster. Yeah. Secondarily, the Houston Texans offense, Deshaun Watson, 
has always managed to play well against Bill Belichick. You know, it, it's one that um, it was a couple years ago that um, they they beat them in New England, whatever, when New England was really good. Yeah, when he was a rookie, um, he won. No, he lost, but they covered like a 14-point spread. Yeah, and then it was they, a super they lost close week. Game. They lost week one in 2018, and then last year they actually beat them. In fact, the game went over because there was a flurry of points by New England at the end, weirdly. Um, but here's a question for you. Why isn't Houston favored in this game? Well, here's the reason I don't think they're favored. It's because if they were favored, I would bet on the New England Patriots because there's no way in hell that Romeo Cornell is beating Bill <laughs> Belichick. There's just none. No shot, no chance. And I have a lot of faith. The reason I like the over here is that I have growing faith in the New England Patriots offense. And I think that's there's a lot. That'll, eventually people will catch up, but they haven't caught up because of the, the point totals, which I think are depressed by some of the other outside factors, whether last week, um, not having some receivers step up you know, in the, in the prior weeks. I think those things are being figured out a little bit. Um, so I, I like the over here quite a bit. Yeah, I do too. Here's like, so New England is doing some things really well, and I don't see Houston's defense getting in, in, in the way of that at all, right? At all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New England's I, defense isn't very good, and Houston's offense is low-key very, very, very good. And in fact, you know, they've been probably they, – They've been, they're suppressed a little by the weather they faced in, in Cleveland last week, but they're averaging 0.2 expected points per pass play. Watson has fewer than 2% of his throws are turnover worthy. This, this has overwritten all over it, and it's pretty fun because, like, you love rooting for points, but you also love watching two really good quarterbacks duke it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually going to go bet right. it right now. I'm going to bet this particular one right now. Okay. While you're doing that, I'm going to take you to the next over that I like. I'm going to bet both of these. Um, and this is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Washington football yeah. team. It's at 47. And um, I just checked the weather in Landover, Maryland. It's going to be 60, not a lot of wind. This ain't going to oh, be. it's warm in hell. It's, it is, exactly. It's very warm in hell. Um, everyone is down on the Bengals because they just played the Steelers. Don't be. The Washington football team ain't that great. Um, but they have some offensive weapons that will destroy the Bengals, namely Terry McLaurin. Antonio Gibson's also good. And while Alex Smith can look really bad, this isn't a team that he's going to look really bad against. Why? Because they can't rush the passer. So he will be fine. We saw that game against Detroit where, shockingly, they can't do anything well either. We know why. If you are curious what we're talking about, go listen to our most recent podcast with Nora Princiati where she just puts Matt Patricia in the world's largest body bag on earth. Um, it's fantastic. I am. <laughs> Nora was the best. She's so Nora good. was great. Yeah. Um, th- so this game, I think points are scored on both sides. Um, it's a, it's a short, you know, the, the, it's a one point spread in favor of the Washington football team. This means a close game back and forth riverboat, Ron, you know, I, I love the over here. We picked the Bengals plus one, um, in our in our picks column this week, we also had Miami minus two and a half. That's now minus three and a half. So you're you're welcome. We also had Chiefs minus seven. It's now minus eight. You're welcome. But this game, by the way, my set my biggest bet of the season is Kansas City. Prior to date, prior to this week, had been Pittsburgh. Uh, was it like minus? Yeah, what against, was it against Cleveland? Cleveland. They were plus. Like minus, they were minus three on close. You, yeah, you got, you lost three. closing line value, but won the bet. It was a. Good I bet. mean it. 
hilarious. My second biggest bet is your Chiefs, my, our Chiefs. I'm wearing my at, Chiefs shirt right now. I got them at six and a half. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's God's gift. Um, and I think we even wrote them. No, we wrote them at seven. But this one, I remember writing it because I was the counterpoint. And I thought, okay, this game actually might come out a little bit more towards Washington. And it mm-hmm. did get to one and a half, but it's come back. So basically, this is the same line as we wrote up on Monday, which is not always the best thing. But I do like the the line movement, how it's come back to the Bengals. I I still like our Cincinnati Bengals here. I Washington has some good pieces. Kendall Fuller's been really good this year, and um, you know, obviously Chase Young. And but no, I mean T. Higgins has but been God. the second best rookie receiver in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And and Boyd is terrific. Um, the they don't have Mixon, which again will will help them be more efficient. And their defense has some playmakers. And, uh, you know, Jesse Bates is picking off Alex Smith and running it in for a touchdown this week. So, like, that's going to help you with the over. And it's going to be, um, you know, it's just going to be a good game. All right. Do you have any more that you want to talk about? Or are we... Uh... Uh, let me... Um, I also like the over in Carolina versus Detroit. Hmm. Why? So I think both teams are going to try to slow it down, but I think one of the teams is going to screw up in trying to do it. And here, and so, you know, Stafford has an injured thumb. We've seen that before. In 2011, his first year, full year as a starter, when he injured his thumb, he became very erratic as far as throwing interceptions and things like that. That might get Carolina through the door there. Um, I don't think Matt Rule believes Detroit is a threat, and so I don't think he's going to try to extend the game the way that he does against really elite teams. And so they'll probably have more than the you know, seven to nine possessions that they have against these truly elite teams. Um, and uh, Detroit's going to be without DeAndre Swift. I think that that, you know, I think that that makes them run less, although Peterson's there. Um, so, I, yeah, that I mean, I and look, both defenses are an atrocity. Both defenses would be illegal in like 35 states. So go for it. It's in the mid 40s. We're not talking about 54 here, right? Like we're talking about mid 40s. I'm excited to see Teddy Bridgewater's rushing prop. Has a bum knee, but toughness is important. Look, all I right. got you to come around on one thing about Teddy, which it's all I really needed, which is that the guy's tough. And I think that the sound your microphone picked up, your glass being empty, which means this is the perfect time <laughs> to end my favorite podcast of the week, which is getting to talk to you on a Saturday night. I'm going to see you bright and early tomorrow. Check out the PFF live show at 1130 on YouTube. Get some, uh, hopefully, hopefully you got some sleep tonight because you ain't getting any today. We'll see you guys.